Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome back to our series called Do For One. Uh, One time when I was a kid and we had just gotten home from a vacation, my brother and I were horsing around, kind of goofing around in the house, and he slammed a bathroom door in my face. There was a mirror on it and it shattered all over the place, scared me to death. Thankfully, I wasn't hurt, but I wonder about you, have you ever had a door close? Not a physical door like that, but a door in your life. Like we've all had doors shut on us that we wanted to remain open. We've all had things in our life happen that we wish didn't. We've wanted things to happen that just didn't come through. Maybe the door that shut for you was the door of a relationship. You thought you were gonna be together forever. You thought that you were gonna marry him or her and and then something happened, it fell apart, it just didn't work out. And at that time it crushed you and you wondered, am I ever gonna get through this? Maybe the door that shut for you was a job, a job that, that you thought might be your dream job that you lost, or maybe it was a job you wanted that you interviewed for and maybe even made it to the final round for and it was given to somebody else. And it was brutal. And you wondered if there would ever be another job to come along again like that. This whole pandemic in a lot of ways has felt like one big closed door for us, hasn't it? I remember trying out for my high school basketball team and I was pretty good, I thought I was, I was pretty tall and I really thought I had what it took. But when it came time for the coach to decide on the team, my name wasn't written up on that piece of paper on the coach's door and it was crushing to me. We've all been through it. If we each shared about the closed doors that have happened to us, we would have countless stories of pain and heartache and disappointment to go around. Now, some of you may be going through what feels like a closed door right now. You have those feelings of frustration because You can't get through the door or the disappointment because something you really wanted to happen, it just didn't happen. Or there's just this hopelessness because, well, when a door shuts in your life, it can feel pretty hopeless, can it? You may even feel like you have been abandoned, but there are people in your life maybe that have abandoned you. Maybe you even feel abandoned by God because you prayed for this door to open. You planned for this to happen. You wanted it with all your heart and now it's not happening, and in the middle of that, it's easy to question where God is. That's you, or if that has been you in the past, or newsflash, it's gonna be you in the future. You're going to like the story that I wanna share with you from the Bible today. I wanna tell it to you, and then I wanna tell you a story about me. In the days of the early church, when it was just getting off of the ground, and that's recorded in the book of Acts in the New Testament, you had Paul and Barnabas, who for a while were like these tag team superstars of the faith. They were preaching Jesus, and not just the teacher and healer Jesus, but the resurrected Christ, and seeing people repent and decide to follow him. And all the apostles had this conference one day where they were trying to decide if Gentiles, not just the Jews, could could follow Jesus and if they could, what they had to do. And all these guys are arguing about it, but it ends when James, the brother of Jesus, he stands up and he says, it's my judgment therefore that we shouldn't make it difficult for the Gentiles who were turning to 
God. We shouldn't make it difficult. And that was great news. And so Paul and Barnabas decided to go visit the churches that they had helped start and share this news and encourage them. And so they did that, but they got into this disagreement about who should go with them and whether they should take this guy Mark along for the ride or not. Now Mark had deserted them on another trip and Paul wanted no part of that again. And so Barnabas and Paul split up. Now Barnabas takes Mark with him and Paul chooses a guy named Silas and they went through Syria and Cilicia strengthening the churches there. And they traveled from town to town and they delivered the message of the decision that the apostles had made. And, and this was exciting and it was encouraging to all the people because it reaffirmed this fact that, that anyone who trusted in Jesus, whether Jew or Gentile, could be saved. In fact, Acts chapter 16 it says it like this. It says that Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. We don't know exactly how that happened or what it was that stopped Paul and his crew from going into Asia at that moment. It just says that the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go in. Whatever it was, we know one thing about it, that this was a closed door. Paul had wanted to go there, he wanted to go through, and he thought that that was the next step for them, the right step for them. And, and, and I would say this, it's important right here to stop and notice something. Paul didn't attribute the closed door to the circumstances or to someone else being angry. He didn't say, well, it's because things just didn't work out this time, so we're not gonna do it. He said, God didn't let us in. As much as we sometimes wanna question that, it's true. God is in control of the doors of our lives. He can open them and he can close them. Do we have control? Well, yes, up to a point. But if God's really sovereign, meaning he's in charge of everything, there's nothing he cannot do, then he can let doors open and close in our lives. God's in control of the doors of our lives. Now, once you start to understand this, and even start to uh, accept it, you start to see the door differently. Sometimes we think uh, on the other side of the door is, is life, when in reality it might be death. The closed door can feel really frustrating and you can bang your fist on it, you can hit your head against it, you can try to uh, break it down, you can be really stubborn. Paul decided to see the closed door to Asia as God's protection, as God's providence, that there was something better, and there was. Once Paul accepts the closed door as God's hand in his life, things start to really take off. It goes on to say this. So they passed by Mysia and they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Instead of going to Asia, they start moving further west. Paul has this vision and he sees a guy from Macedonia, which is like the northern part of Greece. And this guy is begging Paul and his companions to come and help them. And that was all Paul needed. So Paul and Silas and, and then Timothy and Luke, they pack up and they head for Macedonia to go preach the gospel there. And, and this is the first place in Europe to hear the gospel. So what happens next sets the tone, not only for the kind of radical, Jesus-focused, transforming community that the church was gonna be in that day, but it set the tone for what the church has been and should be right here today. All because God shut a door. 
here's what happened. They, they went to an important port city called Philippi, and the first person who heard the message of Jesus and became a Christian was this woman who sold purple cloth. Her name was Lydia. The second person who responded to the message of Jesus was a man who worked in the local jail. Now, this points to Paul's words about who can come to Christ when he writes in a letter later to the Galatian church, he says that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's like God was saying, I want everyone in on this. And in this day, it was an especially big deal that the first convert was a woman. I don't have to tell you that they were looked down upon as second-class citizens, but God is saying, that's not how my church is going to be. Church began with a female and a male member. And God was like making a declaration, all of you are equal in my sight. What we then find out is that she was a seller of purple cloth. Now only the rich and the royal wore clothes made of that type of material. And it's kind of like, like if I had the latest Jordans on my feet and a golden diamond encrusted watch on my wrist, not really like that, but kind of. She owned her own business. She even had a, a second house that she let Paul and his companions use for their missionary work. She was most likely a well-to-do woman who had some influence in that community. Now, now contrast her with the Philippian jailer. He worked in a hot, dusty jail with the lowest of the low because he had to work with guys who were thieves and murderers. This jailer was probably a pretty tough guy himself, probably pretty, pretty callous. And he possibly was even a retired Roman soldier who had seen his share of blood and seen his share of battles, but he heard the message of Christ. He repented, he was baptized and became a new man through Jesus. The church began with someone wealthy. It began with somebody poor together. And it's like God is saying, hey, my church is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. The gospel message can work its way into the heart of someone who has a lot or someone who has a little. It just doesn't matter. And that should set the tone for us. We can't ever become exclusive as a church, intentionally or unintentionally. We can't ever let the world's judgment about the wealthy or the not so wealthy creep into this place. In Christ, everyone is on equal footing. As they say, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. The third thing to see in this story is that the church began with a churched person and an unchurched person. Another thing we found out about Lydia is that she's a devout woman who worshiped God, it says, but she didn't know anything about Jesus. And as soon as she heard about Jesus, she realized that's who I've been searching for. And she immediately believed and was baptized. She basically came to those beliefs at church where she was already seeking after God. The jailer, on the other hand, he had no prior religious beliefs that we know about. He probably didn't know he needed to be saved or could be saved. We don't even know if he desired to have that happen in his life. His only exposure to Christ and Christians was when Paul and Silas ended up in his prison. You ever heard the phrase, hey, you are the only Jesus some people will ever see? Well, Paul and Silas were the only Jesus this, this man would ever see. And this life or death moment happens in the jail where Paul and Silas in, in the middle of the night are singing hymns and there's this earthquake and this jailer is afraid. 
He knew then that he did in fact need to be saved. And so he cries out to Paul and Silas. They lead him to a place to place his faith and his, his trust in Jesus for his life. And he and his whole household were baptized. No one lived and breathed the words of, of Romans 1.16 more than Paul, where, where he wrote this later on. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first for the Jew, then to the Gentile. Church began with a church person and an unchurched person. And it's like God is making again a declaration. The gospel is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for your foul-mouthed coworker or neighbor. It's for the immigrant on the other side of the border from us. It's for the addict who's just out of, out of jail. It's for the elite, elitist college graduate making six figures. It's for the church member who's dissatisfied with the church right now. It's for the single mom who's a cashier at Walmart and barely making it. It's for the rude skateboarding teenagers that ride around town. That's what God is saying about the church. And he says it through the establishment of what would go on to become a world-changing church. The church Paul writes to in the book of Philippians. It all started through one woman and one man, neither of which were really what you would use as the building blocks of your church if it were up to you. But God was making a statement that the church started with a, with a female member and a male member. This church, it started with someone who was wealthy and someone who was poor. This church, it started with a churched person and an unchurched person. All because God closed a door. And after closing that door, he opened another one up. One that was based on his purpose and his timing. Things Paul and his companions never could have predicted or anticipated on their own. And so if you're facing closed doors around you, I wanna give you a few things to consider today. And the first one is this. There are things God knows that you don't. There are things he knows that you don't. Here's what God said about himself to the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. He said this, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amazing words. He spoke to the prophet Isaiah. You, you, you can't see the road ahead. You can't see what's behind the next door. You think you can. You think you know what's, what, what it's gonna be like, and, and you really don't. Only God knows the future. There are things that you think are bad for you that he may be intending to use for good. There are things that you think are good. He may, they may not be as good as you think they are. It's important to just recognize and even say it out loud. There are things God knows that I don't. Second thing is this. There's impact that God is preparing you for that you can't see yet. Paul could never have predicted the impact that the closed door to Asia was going to have in his life. You have no idea what kind of impact God wants to make through you right where you are. Don't keep hoping to make it through the next door, you know, because then that's when the impact is really gonna happen. Learn to be content with where you are, knowing that he's preparing you and working in you right now, I came across this passage in Psalm 16, just this week. It says this, um, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines, 
have fallen for me in pleasant places. God's given you boundary lines in your life for good reason. He's put you right where he wants you and is working a thousand different things right now to make great impact through you. So be content. As hard as it is sometimes with where you are and where he has you right now. The third thing is this, his concern isn't to always open doors for you. It's for you to trust him when the door is still shut. Back in the late 90s, my wife and I were living in Winston-Salem, but we were certain that we needed to leave, that if I was gonna pursue what I felt like God was calling me to, that I needed to go back to school, to specifically to seminary, and so we focused on Chicago. There was a school that was there that I was really interested in and a church that was there that was doing the type of ministry that I wanted to be a part of, and we were gonna go there and be there for three years. We were gonna get really plugged into this church and learn a lot from, from them. And to top it all off, we had a friend of the family offer to pay for my school and an apartment for us for those three years. But when we went up for a weekend to visit, all I can say is that it just didn't feel right. I mean, the school was beautiful. We met some amazing people and professors. We, we went to visit this, this great church. And at the end of a whirlwind weekend, as we were sitting on a plane coming home, we both just said, this doesn't feel right. As much as we may have wanted it to be there, it felt like God was saying, I have another door for you to walk through. Now that other door tended, uh, turned out to be, to be Charlotte. And so we moved here, we got connected to a different church. I started classes, we got jobs, we had kids, and we eventually started this church. And all I can say is that I am so glad we were listening because otherwise we wouldn't be here. There are things God knows that you don't. There's impact that God is preparing you for that you can't see yet. His concern, it isn't always to open doors for you. It's for you to trust him while the door's still shut. Let's pray together. God, there are some doors in our lives that are closed. And quite honestly, we get frustrated with those. Would you simply give us peace for those of us who are frustrated with a closed door right now? Would you meet us with your presence? Would you give us the courage to say yes as you invite us to trust you? Would you help us to be okay with a closed door? God, there are others of us who have a door open in front of us and we are afraid to walk through. Would you give us courage? Would you give us faith? Would you help us to trust you? And God, knowing that we don't know the next steps ahead, only you do, would you allow us to put all our faith, all of ourselves in your hands today? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.